Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20-Minute Books, we delve into We Are All Weird by Seth Godin, a groundbreaking work that challenges the age-old concepts of uniformity and conformity. This book is a passionate manifesto that calls out the fallacies of a one-size-fits-all approach to human nature that often dictates our societal norms, consumerism, and marketing strategies. Godin, a well-respected educator, entrepreneur, and best-selling author of 19 internationally acclaimed books, breaks down the fallacious myth of mass markets, instead celebrating human eccentricity and diversity. He encourages us to embrace our inner weird and cherish the heterogeneous nature of humanity, making for a riveting read that challenges preconceived notions. We Are All Weird is an insightful read for entrepreneurs and advertisers looking to engage with niche markets. It serves as an eye-opener for cultural critics who wish to get a pulse on our increasingly diverse zeitgeist. Above all, it is a heartwarming reassurance for the so-called oddballs, misfits, and, as Godin puts it, the weirdos among us, affirming that there is a place and respect for all in society. Stay tuned as we unravel the essence of this uniquely insightful book in the next 20 minutes. We are all weird, the rise of tribes and the end of normal. Introduction. Discover the intricate beauty of embracing individuality and uniqueness. Have you ever encountered someone who fits perfectly into society's mold of average? It's highly unlikely. Even those amongst us who may seem common or typical possess unique traits, interests, or hobbies that render them unique, be it the avid stamp collector, the thrill-seeking extreme sports enthusiast, or the die-hard rock music lover. All embody a certain degree of weirdness. Then why, you may ask, does our world appear to be a stage set for uniformity? For over a century, our cultural, economic, and political systems have upheld the notion of a mass market. This envisions a world where average individuals desire nothing more than average commodities. However, this reign of the mass market is teetering on the brink of extinction, steadily being replaced by a surging wave of weirdness. Preparing to harness this wave of individuality and thrive in its wake is a crucial skill in the modern world, beneficial to both our professional and personal lives. This brief yet insightful manifesto, replete with enlightening anecdotes and sharp commentary on our evolving societal landscape, makes a persuasive case for weirdness as the new norm. Throughout this narrative, you'll unravel the peculiar tale of a pregnant elephant rescuing a Belgian zoo the not-so-wondrous truth about Wonder Bread, and the appropriate time and place for embracing weirdness in educational settings. Part 1. The conventional mass market is on the decline, paving the way for an era of distinctiveness. Just a few years back, the Antwerp Zoo was grappling with a plummeting popularity. Once a crowd-puller, the zoo was now struggling to draw in visitors. Its once fascinating array of animals was failing to charm the audience. But then, their elephant got pregnant. In a bid to stir up interest, the zoo posted the elephant sonogram on YouTube. The initiative was a success. The unborn elephant became a sensation, 
creating a ripple in the national news. They decided to ride the wave of popularity and kept the audience engaged with online polls and a naming contest for the baby elephant. More Belgians started taking an interest in the baby elephant, leading to a surge in zoo visitors. The Antwerp Zoo was once again basking in the public eye. What makes this tale of triumph remarkable? Its rarity. Events or phenomena that charm a large audience and appeal to the mass market are becoming as uncommon as the birth of a baby elephant. The primary idea here is, the mass market is rapidly declining, and the future is heading towards individuality and distinctiveness. According to Seth Godin, understanding this paradigm shift involves familiarizing ourselves with a few significant terms, mass, normal, weird, and rich. Let's start with mass and normal. Godin uses these terms to reflect the traditional mode of operation, a method of homogeneous, large-scale production that currently dominates the market. In this scenario, manufacturers and marketers strive to cater to the masses' needs efficiently by delivering products or services they perceive as normal. However, normal is a subjective term. What's considered normal in one place might be deemed peculiar in another. For instance, vegetarianism is normal in Mumbai, but relatively unusual in Kansas. Nevertheless, marketers, once they categorize something as normal, try to elevate it to the status of a moral obligation. On the other hand, weird represents those who fall outside the ambit of what's perceived as normal. But this term doesn't merely refer to individuals with unusual physical attributes or minority identities. Rather, it signifies people who embrace peculiarities by choice, peculiar hobbies or unique interests. The ability to embrace these distinct choices is what Godin refers to as being rich. But rich doesn't necessarily signify a hefty bank balance, though that can indeed be helpful. It could also indicate having sufficient free time or a supportive community. This presents us with a crucial choice. Would you prefer to align with the normal masses or leverage your riches to embrace the weird? It's undoubtedly a tough decision, but Godin asserts that the key to prospering in this changing world lies in the audacity to defy the status quo and embrace the unusual. The subsequent sections will delve deeper into why this is crucial. Part two. The idea of normal was fabricated to promote mass market commodities. Take a moment to think about what lies in your refrigerator. Nestled between milk cartons and leftovers from yesterday's dinner, there's likely a bottle of Heinz ketchup. This holds true for about 70% of American households. But how did your preference for condiments become so predictable? The answer lies in the rationale of mass production. For the most part of the 20th century, businesses were governed by one fundamental principle. Customization comes at a high cost. Therefore, instead of tailoring to individual preferences, the most economically viable strategy was to cater to the mass market. To ensure the maximum sale of mass market products, marketers had to align everyone's desires. They had to construct the notion of normal and they masterfully achieve this with the potency of advertising. Through ingenious ads, they dictated public desires and alienated anyone who dared to deviate, and it was successful. 
we all have a clear notion of what normal signifies. Normal people drive cars, drink Coke, and purchase Heinz ketchup. The key takeaway is, the idea of normal was fabricated to boost the sales of mass market commodities. Does this mean we're all destined to lead lives where our consumer behavior is governed by uniformity? Not necessarily. We have the choice to embrace our weirdness. Let's contrast two neighborhoods in Manhattan. Firstly, Midtown. Here on Fifth Avenue, you'll find big retailers like Abercrombie and Tiffany's catering to hordes of tourists. Both the products and the people here are typical of any other place. This represents the masses. However, move about 50 blocks to the East Village and the scenario transforms. Stand at any street corner and you'll experience the sheer diversity of New York. Tattooed artists, Chinese tourists, and retired beatnik poets coexist in harmony. A traditional Italian bakery exists side by side with a boutique selling hydroponic herbs. Nothing here conforms to the normal. Given the choice, which neighborhood would you prefer? The weird one, right? Like you, an increasing number of people are opting for uniqueness, and it's drastically altering how people approach purchasing goods, entertainment, and other services. Three decades ago, the three leading TV networks had a viewership that constituted 90% of the population. Today, this figure has dipped to 30%. As more people are distancing themselves from mass media, weird in its various forms is gaining increasing popularity. In the following section, we'll explore what's driving this trend. Part 3. Our escalating prosperity and interconnectedness render it simpler to embrace our oddities. Humans have always had a penchant for eccentricities, a trait evident even 17,000 years ago. This is evident in the intricate paintings on the walls of the Chauvet Caves in southern France. Despite living on limited resources, our ancestors felt a compulsion to express their unconventional side. These murals serve as a testament to their weirdness. Today, it's easier than ever to flaunt our quirks. Centuries of technological advancements have allowed us to step out from our caves and into a world filled with material comforts. Innovations in sectors like industrial agriculture, power supply, and modern medicine ensure that most of us aren't engrossed in the mere struggle for survival. Now, we have the privilege to invest our time and energy into pursuits that interest us, be it amateur astronomy or open-source software. In essence, we are affluent. Moreover, the Internet provides a platform to connect with others who share our interests. This facility aids us in exploring and enriching our niche obsessions and pursuits. Consider an aspiring bagpipe player. In the bygone era, they could only entertain those within their vicinity, with no guarantee of appreciation. But in the contemporary world, the same musician can upload a video on YouTube and receive appreciation from bagpipe lovers worldwide. The key point is, our escalating prosperity and interconnectedness render it simpler to embrace our oddities. What implications does this have for businesses, creatives, and other producers? Firstly, they don't need to conform to a generic approach for manufacturing and marketing. Instead of creating products that cater to the mass market, they can concentrate on a devoted, selective audience. Consider the case of high-end audio equipment. 
Your average consumer isn't invested enough in sound quality to pay $1,000 for a yard of specialized stereo cables. However, the readers of Stereophile magazine might be. By advertising to audio enthusiasts via niche media and internet forums, the manufacturers of this cable can garner financial support for their specialized craft. Of course, the objective of embracing our oddities isn't merely commercial success. It's a byproduct. The actual goal is forging connections. The surge in eccentricities empowers people to nurture communities around their passions. It enables them to break away from the mundane world of mass culture and find their tribe. The subsequent section will delve into what we can expect from this increasingly segmented world. Part 4. As the mainstream middle continues to diminish, Individuals are harnessing their power to align with their distinct tribes. Let's contemplate the evolution of bread. A few decades ago, purchasing bread meant settling for the -the run-of-the-mill white wonder bread. Mass production ensured it was affordable, consistent, and ubiquitous. But now, we have artisanal brands like Bread Alone offering a myriad of choices, be it spelt, sunflower, or gluten-free sourdough, you can find a loaf that aligns with your preferences. To comprehend this shift, it's useful to picture human behavior in the form of a bell curve graph. In a given population, it usually depicts a symmetrical mound. Yes, there are a few anomalies at the fringes, but the majority falls within the large hump in the middle. That hump symbolizes the normal, the consumers opting for Wonder Bread. But as more people are gravitating towards the weird, their own distinct desires and practices, the curve morphs, the middle mound contracts and the fringes expand. This pattern is mirrored across diverse industries. The mainstream audiences that constituted the middle are scattering. A television show regarded as a smash hit, like Mad Men, garners 15 times fewer viewers than the Beverly Hillbillies did back in the 70s. A best-selling book, might reign over the charts for merely a few weeks as opposed to a few months. As individuals gravitate towards what genuinely interests them, the popular is losing its popularity. The crucial insight is, as the mainstream middle continues to diminish, individuals are harnessing their power to align with their distinct tribes. So, is the flattening of the bell curve beneficial? Godin believes so. A diverse market equates to increased choices and more choices empower people. Take the instance of a fruit vendor in a small village near Bareilly, India. While he might not have ample wealth with internet access and $3, he can purchase a D-Lite solar lantern. He emerges as an influencer in the global marketplace, and his choices direct what will be manufactured next. Where else can embracing oddities prove beneficial? Consider education. Standardized education has been a potent enforcer of normality. The existing system in the U.S. encourages conformity. Toe the line, pass your exams, and you'll graduate. Seems simple, doesn't it? However, with four million students in schools, there is no normal student. Expecting uniformity from every learner is unfeasible. Moreover, compelling students to forsake their eccentric tendencies could be detrimental when they join the workforce. Consider renowned individuals like Yo-Yo Ma or Richard Branson or most personalities admired in our society. We invariably appreciate those who dare to defy conventions. 
the education system of the future should offer leeway for students to carve their unique paths, no matter how unconventional. After all, we are all peculiar, and that's something to celebrate. Final summary. The central takeaway from the book. The concept of normal is a relic from an era when mass production, mass media, and the mass market thrived on efficiency through uniformity. Today, escalating material affluence and ubiquitous internet access empower individuals to exercise their unique choices and they're electing to stand out from the crowd. Whether it's marketers or educators, everyone should adapt their strategies to cater to this burgeoning wave of individualism. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then. Happy reading and happy listening.